Welcome to another episode of the Celtic View podcast, the official podcast of the Nine the Road Champions. I'm Joe Donnelly, reporter at the Celtic View, and in the absence of my boss Paul Cuddy, I'm hecked for hosting duties. This afternoon I've got my Celtic View colleague Tony Connolly with me, and our extra special guest today is the Scotland penalty king, Ryan Christie. Guys, thanks for joining us. What is it all? So, Ryan, how are you feeling after your exploits away on international duty? Two penalties and two goals, not bad going. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was really good. It was a really enjoyable camp. And um, obviously, we were a wee bit frustrated not to um, not to win in the Israel game. Um, but then, obviously, to go away to Czech Republic, get a good result um, against a, a tough team was good. And, and uh, yeah, I was happy to obviously get on the, the score sheet again. And um, even if, if it was a couple of penalties, I was still happy to, to, to take that role. And uh, luckily, they both went in, so I was happy. Yeah, favourite goal of the two was the first one, probably. It was a pretty good penalty. Yeah, the first one was, was definitely better than the second. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was, I was, like I said, happy to see them both at the net. And obviously, it's always a, an honour to score for your country, um, not just play for them. So, um, yeah, it was like a brilliant camp and um, you know, plenty to kind of look forward to as well with the, the camps coming up. Yeah, it was interesting playing against Neil Beaton. I know that Scotland have got a few games against Israel and the next stretch, um, but I saw lots of photos popping up of you guys and Keelan Tierney as well, kind of embracing near after the game. Yeah, it was it was a bit strange. Um, it was quite funny playing against him. He was he was always in my ear throughout the the whole game as well. We were directly up against each other too, so um, he flattened me once or twice, which I wasn't wasn't too happy with. But uh, every time I got up and looked at me, he just had a wee giggle to himself. So. It's it's uh, it is a bit strange kind of coming up against them, um, and like you said, yeah, we play. I think we play Israel obviously next month, and then we play them in November again. So we um, need to start getting used to. It. Yeah, have you spoke to him since since you've come back in? Yeah, yeah, I spoke to him first day. We we're all back in yesterday, and I spoke to him about it. And we're having a laugh and a joke about it. Um, but yeah, I was already looking forward to the next games, kind of rolling around. We speak about momentum. Yeah. Oh, about, uh, no, you go, Tony. Tony and I have got a sting in the podcast right, where we talk over each other, and I'm blaming it on the tech I'm using today because it's an old uh, laptop and I can't actually see Tony. Tony, please continue as you were. Um, how is it coming up against uh, a teammate that you'll play against in training every day that you know so well? Does does that sort of give you confidence that you can sort of take him on and beat him? Or in those moments, have you got things going through your head like, oh, we do this every day, he knows what I'm going to do, I better not try that, I'll just kind of slip the ball to someone else and avoid doing that? Um, probably probably haven't really, didn't really think about it that much. Um, obviously, the first thing, you know, I knew I had to be on on top of my game because I know how good a player Nate is um, on his day. and. Um, you know, the longer he's been at Celtic, in my view, the, the better he's got. I think he's so kind of composed on the on the ball and um, the defending aspect of his game has gone on leaps and bounds now. So, um, you know, every time I, I'm going to come up against him, I know I have to be, like I said, on, on top of my game to to have any sort of um, result against him. So, you know, it's still good. It's good to kind of, for me to, to play against good players and near certainly one of those. Talk about momentum um, from a domestic football perspective, Ryan. Obviously, you guys have a good result against Motherwell. I know that you guys are, are honoured to go and play for Scotland, but 
as Celtic fans are waiting for you guys to come back, hopefully with no injuries, that seems to be the case, and then a return to go. As a player, um, does that wee break away from Celtic, away from domestic football, does that serve you well? Because I know as fans were just desperate to have you back, to, to get back into the Scottish Premiership action, but to be able to you know, put it in pause and then come back reinvigorated or something, is that something which you feel as a player? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, first of all, going away with Scotland, it's, you know, it's good to see all them boys again, you know what I mean? And, and you meet up and everyone from their different clubs coming together and, um, you know, it's quite a few boys that I've, um, you know, come up through the youth, either kind of playing again, against them in Scotland or maybe playing with them in the Scotland 19s and 21s and, um, you know, it's a, a good few boys there um, that, you know, I've, I've had kind of around me or, or playing against me most of my career. So it was always nice to meet up with them. But then you get the sad hoods only we're only away for a week or ten days. But then you get the same feeling coming coming back into the, the club again and seeing all your teammates again and um, you know, getting back to training at Lennox Town and stuff like that. And um, you know, the gaffer already, you know, has a word in our ear just to to get back to kind of club football and, and concentration because um, as you all know it's it's pretty Pretty hundred miles an hour at Celtic as always, so um, we need to be straight back down to work. And I wanted to talk about two of your international colleagues, um, chiefly David Turnbull and Shane Duffy. New boys coming in, David away with the twenty ones at Scotland, and I'm sure if his career continues the way it's going, he'll be up in the, the first team in no time. Shane Duffy, of course, captain in Ireland at the moment. Always exciting to see new players coming in as a fan. Um, and again, I know you guys relish more competition and fresh faces in the squad, especially with these guys who we know, um, obviously very different paths to Celtic, but even in interviews we did here, both of them described the move as a dream move. So that must be great for you guys as well to you know invite these new guys in and look forward to seeing them playing on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as for, as for David, as soon as he kind of came in the door and he's, you know, I've seen him train a few times now and, um, you know, straight away he didn't look out of place, which is, um, you know, something you kind of love to see. It's the first thing you probably look for in the first training session. And, and obviously Shane was the same with him. With his qualities, obviously, today was the first day with me training with, with Shane and, um, you know, straight away you can tell his qualities. But like I said, David was the same, um, you know, for, for a younger boy as well coming in and um, he's dealt with it really well. Looks really sharp in training. So, um, when you see that and you see what they can kind of add to the squad straight away, you just you get excited to play with them and, and to have them around because you know that's what we're wanting. We're wanting as many top quality players as we can in and around our squad. And in terms of the, the journey, which again, is going through. How's the settling in period for for the new boys when you've got someone new coming into the team and they're coming into the dressing room for the the first time? They're coming into a team that's it's very close now. How, how long does it take them to really get to, to know everyone? Are you, are you all chatting much out, outside, away from the training pitch? Yeah, yeah, I think they're all pretty settled. I mean, I think David knew a few of the boys from, from kind of 21's days with Scotland, so, um, you know, he knew a few of them already, and, um, you know, Big, Big Shane's been um, been pretty lively already. He's a, he's a, a funny guy, so um, it's good, obviously, the pair of them don't really have any... Um, uh, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Language barriers. Um, you know, they all kind of speak the same language, so it's it's easier for them to kind of come in. And um, I think as well, the games, as soon as, you know, they, they play a couple of games, I you know they was on the bench against other well, but as soon as they both kind of play their part in some games coming up, then they'll feel even more settled, I'm sure. 
Speaking about David Turnbull specifically, I know that his last um, proposed move to Celtic was well documented in the media. He was on the cusp of joining up with you guys last year. And of course, that injury gets diagnosed. He only plays two games for Motherwell last year. He's out for the full year. Then comes back into Motherwell, gets back into things and of course gets that dream move in the end. Um, in terms of injuries, I know that your facial injury the season before last was probably the biggest one that we've seen at Celtic. And of course, sidelined you for quite a while, Ryan. In terms of how David would have been feeling, um, you know, getting to that point of a dream move, having it pulled away from him, having to go back away and work hard and then get that move. I mean, what, what do you think as a player is going through his mind in that process? And then obviously getting to where he is now, are you on? Yeah, it would have been tough, I'm sure. I mean, like you said, I've, I've kind of been through it and obviously mine was a bad one, but for him it would have been even more frustrating, like you said, being on the brink of, of a, a big move and, and he probably had his hopes up and was very, very excited for that and, and excited for the new challenge and having to kind of put that aside, um, you know, must have been frustrating. It's just one of these things, you can't really do anything about it. Um, you know, the, the sooner you kind of wrap your head around it and, and get on with it and get back down to work, uh, the better and the better you are for it. So, um, you know, he, he's done he's done really well to do that, you know, and get, him, get himself back to, to full fitness as, as quickly and professionally as he can. And, you know, it has worked out, you know, to show that, you know, it's taken him maybe a wee bit longer than he wanted, but, um, you know, he's, he's finally joined us. And, and like I said, it doesn't, certainly doesn't look like that injury is kind of holding him back anymore. He, he looks flying. Interrupt you this time, Joe. <laughs> he said it's a long pause. <laughs> Just in terms of um, some of the, the younger boys that have been stepping up to the team um, in this first stretch of the season, Ryan, maybe seeing some of the younger guys going off on loan as well. And I know that that was something which was big um, for you going away to, to Aberdeen when you first came in on two occasions, coming back in as. A little bit older than some players making it into Celtic 23 when you got that break and really went for it at Celtic. In terms of this time of the season and young guys going off in loan, you know that firsthand. How, how much of a benefit can that be at Celtic? Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, it was, yeah, I've, I've mentioned it numerous times how kind of beneficial it was for me. And um, I think, obviously, a club like Celtic, I mean, it's, it's hard to break through at any club, but, you know, Celtic's just another step up again because, you know, we've always got a, a big healthy squad of players and and the, the quality the quality in the squad is, is so good and um, you know, there's such kind of strength and depth that it's it's so hard, especially when the team are doing very well, um, to, to kind of breach it and get into the starting eleven. So um, you know, for me it was a time when obviously with the the, the Invincibles team, um, you know, it was near impossible to get into that team. So um, it was definitely the best thing for me to, to go away and get some game time, and um, you know I was I was happy with with how it all kind of turned out, and, and and choosing Aberdeen obviously had a few options, but Aberdeen ended up you know suiting me really well, staying in Scotland, still quite close to home, and working under under a good manager, and still having that kind of pressure of winning um, and a big fan base around me. So um, you know I, I can't speak highly enough of what my time at Inverness and um, sorry Aberdeen did for me. Um, and yeah, it's something that sometimes I think people, if if it's not the press, but you know, there's just a perception of sometimes going on loan can be a bad thing, or you know, you can out out of the picture a wee bit. But as long as you kind of keep in touch and keep that mentality that you're doing it, um, you know, to better yourself for a player so you can come back stronger, then um, it's definitely beneficial. Yeah, 
I'm speaking to some of the younger boys, Ryan, I think a lot of them now look to the likes of you and Chris Iyer and Callum McGregor. I think you three um, especially have sort of changed that perception, like you're saying, like going out on loan, it's it's not necessarily in any way a negative. And there must be a lot of expectations when you sort of go into these new clubs, you know, having that badge of being a, a Celtic player and wanting to really stand out so that your manager back at Celtic sort of notices you. Have you had any of the young boys kind of come to you for advice on those sort of moves, those loan spells away? Yeah, a couple. To be fair, I'll, I normally kind of make sure if there's any any boys that are, um, you know, thinking about it or, or there's, you know, there's work going about that think about it, I'll make sure to kind of get in their ear and, and try and talk as positively as I can about it because, um, you know, there is in training and definitely for young boys, you know, training with us, that'll do them a world of good. But, you know, there is, like I say, it's a bit cliche, but there's nothing like playing just first-team football week in, week out. It's it's so beneficial for your game and you learn so much and it, it grows you as a, as, a, as a player and as a person. So, um, you know, as I think, I know, I know big Chris Azure you mentioned there, he's, he's the same. He, he raves about his time at Gilly. So, um, hopefully, hopefully, like you said, we are kind of changing that perception. I think more young boys realise now how, how good it is for their game. With um, this weekend, obviously, a trip to Ross County, domestic football is back. The last trip to Ross County, um, speaking about your penalties at the top of the programme, I know that you missed one, but you scored the rebound um, very clinically after that. You scored another goal, and I think you were man of the match as well. So a 4-1 win the last time we were up at Dingwall. Um, heading back towards home territory for you as well, you'll be looking forward to, to bouncing back and obviously getting yourself up that part of the country as well. Yeah, can't beat it. Can't beat it. Back to Dingwall, <laughs> but... Uh... Yeah, I love, I love going up there and um, obviously it's frustrating for me that Inverness aren't in the league because I've kind of barely barely played them since since I moved away and I would love to, to have two trips up there. I don't think any of the other boys would love that, but <laughs> I certainly would. Um, yeah, it's always nice, obviously, for me growing up. Ross County is my kind of local local rival, so, uh, you know, there's always a bit of needle there when I'm playing against them. Um, I always enjoy it a bit more. I think a few people around me now and the, the boys realise that. So, um, you know, yeah, they're there. They've, they've always got a, a moan or a frustration about heading up that part of the country, but you won't be, you won't be hearing it from me. I remember the last time we were there, one of the, one of the ground staff was um, after the game, after he had scored two goals against Rest County, he was giving you a bit of a hard time, jokingly, but um, you could see that kind of rivalry already poking through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've played in a couple, obviously, at Inverness, I've played in a few the Highland derbies and um, you know it's certainly a derby on a smaller scale but there is still that wee bit of rivalry and uh, you do get fired up for it so um, yeah it was good. In terms of the, the road ahead now I mean we speak so often about how busy the football calendar is in Scotland and in his press um, ahead of the Ross County game Scott Brown reiterated what you guys always say game to game um, but still there is a lot of games coming up European qualifiers we're not, um, you know, a million miles away from that Scottish Cup semi-final, which is from last season, which is great to see happening this year. And whilst I know you guys will play game to game, if you think of the international break and then, you know, the next break away, you guys will just be desperate to hit the ground running and start getting those points up in the league. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We I know I know we do say it all the time from a game to game, but it's it's so busy that it's it's kind of hard not to to have that. I mean. 
you know, when you've got a game every kind of two or three days, it's it's hard to kind of look past that. And, um, you know, I think when we have that mindset, especially as a whole squad, then it keeps us kind of, keeps us grounded, it keeps us focused. And, um, you know, especially in between the, the internationals as well, there's a good few kind of, just we kind of, um, groups of games and you, you can kind of break the season down a wee bit and try and take as, you know, as, as many points um, and good performances out of, out of the games and you go away and come back and, um, you know, it splits a very long season up, which is which is good and gives you that kind of short-term focus. Um, and as a squad, to be fair, over, you know, numerous years now, we've been very good at doing that. So, so we know how well it works. We need to continue that. And on Saturday, we've got the introduction of fans as well. I think 300 fans. I know that it's all tentative measures. Naturally, everything that everybody involved in football, players, fans, people as in the media, we want the fans to return as soon as possible, whenever it's safe. But it'll be interesting to see 300 fans, 300 county fans with an ex-Inverness player on the pitch. <laughs> um, how do you think that will go in general, just to see? It's a small contingent of fans, but you know, it's, it's where we need to start to build that up. Uh, yeah, look, it's it's brilliant. It's the it's the very first steps, but it's it's you know it's it's a step in the right direction. So um, you know, I don't think you'll hear any of us com- complain about it, even though there'll be there'll be none of our fla- fans there. Um, you know, hopefully it's just a, a step closer for us to to get the Celtic fans back involved. But um, yeah, for me, it's nice. It just the thought of scoring up there with a few added fans in the in the in the crowd makes it sound a wee bit sweeter. But um, yeah, look, it's it's good. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be a, that the hundred or so. There'll be a few familiar faces for me. I bet. Does it take some getting used to playing in front of you know? Well, playing not in front of any fans. Is it? Does it feel like a game? Do the stakes feel as high? Do you find yourself needing to sort of rewire your sort of mentality going into a game to prepare for the sort of quietness around the stadiums? Um. I, th- I thought it would actually when it when it first kind of came out that we were not playing any fans. I thought that um, you know we, we might I might need to kind of be able to kind of psych myself up a bit more for the games, but it's been fine to be fair. I think um, the kind of obviously the manager and uh, the captain Bruni and, and people like Cal as well. They make sure everybody um, on game days is ready to go. And I've not really you know felt a difference. The only kind of frustrating thing is you know, is in the match kind of celebrating a goal or something like that, or if you're needing a goal and, and you kind of wish you had the crown behind you cheering you on. Um, but in terms of kind of, you know, being up for the game and, and ready for it, um, we've been all right. And I think everybody in the squad's the same just because we know with no fans there, we still know how many are watching at home and we know how much it still means to them and how, how important every game is. So um, when you think of it like that, it's, it's easy to, you know, to still be kind of fully locked in. In terms of the closed doors football, Ryan, I remember we spoke before in one of the music features we did for the Celtic View and spoke about the pre-match tunes that you listened to. I remember Camel Fat was among one of the songs you listened to when you were going down the, the Celtic way before games. Given that some of that must be about zoning out from all the hype, from all the fans, people waiting at the side as you're walking into the stadium, do all those rituals still take place? Do you still give them as much of a precedent given you know, it is so different from how we're used to it? Uh, yeah, yeah. You see, I still, I think, I do it just for my, you know, the for my routine, the routine of kind of match day and keep everything the same. Um, I wouldn't say I'm kind of superstitious, but you know, it's it's kind of similar. You just like doing the same things. Um, I know a few of the boys are like that and enjoy their kind of routine, but that is something I have missed. I will say that is, you know, obviously 
the, the coming taking the bus up Celtic Way at a home game and, and coming out and having all the crowd around the barriers as you're walking in. And you know, when you when you've got that every home game, it's always a nice way to start and walk into the stadium. So that has been missed and um but yeah it's 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 different, but we're trying to keep it as as, as normal as we can for now until hopefully the, the crowds come back in. Just to wrap up on the podcast, we normally do score predictions. I wouldn't dream of putting you on the spot, um, given that you know you'll more than likely be on the pitch. But if what well, I will finish with is a question to you, Ryan. If you or Jeremy Frimpong score, are we going to see another rendition of this uh, post-goal celebration, which we've seen this season so far? Possibly, possibly. We've been keeping our cards close to our chest. Um, I saw Jezza in his last interview didn't want give too much away so I'm going to do the same as him but uh, when he scored on the was the first game of the season yeah yeah we forgot <laughs> did it far too late that nobody even saw uh, so lucky enough we obviously did it at Kilmarnock and uh, yeah we'll need to I don't know how many times we can do it before you know it needs to be changed up a little bit but um, he, said that, he said that you sprung the first one on him. I think he said something about, you know, your interest in TikTok. You spoke to him in the pre-match and he didn't have much time to finesse it. But I think the longer time goes on, the more you guys are under pressure because, you know, you've had more and more time and, of course, more chances to score goals. So I think it must be something special next time. Or... Yeah, the first one the first one last season was the one against Hearts. That was just completely out of, out of the blue. Like, we came up with it in the warm-up just as we were heading into the tunnel. And it was it was kind of said as a joke, but then the way the kind of goal finished and we were right beside each other, it just kind of happened. Um, but that was, that needed a couple of practice runs that we didn't, <laughs> it wasn't as clean as we'd liked, whereas this this time we've had a full pre-season to, to have it under our belts and get it down to the tee. So, uh, yeah. Does that mean we're not getting the from you either? You know, the bow that you used to do as well? We've not seen that because you've been teaming up with Jeremy. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Um, I might need to patch Jez and just go solo for a bit now again. Well, I think um, in terms of finishing this up, whether you score, Jeremy, or whoever scores, happily for anyone on the pitch to score on Saturday and for from here on. Uh, listen, I thank you so much for joining Tony and I, the Chuckle Brothers, who always talk over each other. Again, I'm blaming it on my equipment this time, but it's a pleasure to have you on the Celtic View podcast. I do hope you come back at some point. No worries at all, guys. Thanks very much for having me.